When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast post-game show brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app with John Schuster, Ben White. I am merely Mike Luke. All right, guys, Arizona wins 91-76, but let's talk about the elephant in the room. Let's not ignore the elephant in the room. That is Azulis Tabellis. Guys, this was a performance for the ages. Um... 40 points, and quite frankly, it was an easy 40 points. It didn't even look like he was particularly stressing. I remember when Damon Stoudemire scored that 45, as I'm sure John Schuster did from uh, when he during his 50th birthday. And Damon was having to pull up from, you know, it was in Maples. Damon was having to pull up from 30 feet. It was awesome, but it was very impressive what he did. For Azulis Tabellis, this looked easy. It was a lot of and ones. It was a lot of chippies. It just looked like an easy performance for a guy that scored 40 points there, John Schuster. And and it's fitting on an evening where you're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the opening of McHale Center that you have in the first half and for the game, but in the first half especially, one of the great halves in the history of that building. And uh, then you conclude it with another 13 points in the second half to finish with 40. It's one off the uh, record for Arizona in that building. I think Eric Murdoff and Jimmer Fredette had higher numbers, uh, but those were opposing numbers in McHale. For McHale, the record 41 and Tabellas had 40. So that's a nice little bit of theater uh, that highlighted an impressive performance. Uh, and even in the end, and the guys on the uh, television broadcast noted it, that to Bellis, uh, you know, who had opportunities to either get fouled or go to the basket a couple times to maybe try to push that number up, which is something that his teammates wanted to happen and the fans wanted to happen as well, deferred and just kind of pass it around and let time run off the clock. It was uh, it was an exceptional performance uh, for the guy who is has been consistently Arizona's best player this year. And in addition to Tabellus playing so well, Arizona had a superb basketball game. And really up and down the roster, I thought they had a, a number of excellent performances as well. But it's always fun to see something or be around something as special of that as that when it happens in front of you. Benjamin? Yeah, when, you know, when players are going to the next level, whether it's the NBA, Pro League, overseas, whatever's next for Azulis Tabellus, there's always that one game on tape that the next level is going to look at and say, that's our guy. That's the dominant player. And for Tubelas tonight was his tape night and it felt special, right? I mean, I think obviously we talk about Damon and the, the game he had back in 95. And we just talk about the overall direction of this program and just the offense that this Arizona basketball program has put out under Tommy Lloyd. And it really just kind of encompasses as to what kind of player I think this program is trying to bring in here. 
Uh, at least in my time, most recently, you haven't seen a performance like that at home, uh, let alone offensively. You haven't seen really a performance like that from an Arizona player in recent memory. So really great game all around. It was awesome to see. Like Mike said, it was it was very easy shots in the sense that I think he was able to get to the rim. He was able to kind of dick and dunk and do whatever he wanted to. And like I tweeted, just just stop the Pac-12 awards, man. Just give the guy conference player of the year already. Like, what are we doing here? Why do we even need to play out the rest of the season? <laughs> I mean, it really is. When you're leading the league in rebounding and points, it's I mean, I mean, uh, it's really that simple. Especially too when you're going to be challenging for the uh, the conference lead. Now, one thing though that I you know I really noticed, uh, and we're going to get back and we're going to talk a ton of Azulis to Bellis right here, is that um, and Leah, can we uh, can we pull up that can we pull up that graphic there real quick? Yeah, I mean, you just look across this right here. Great stuff right there. 40 points, nine rebounds, three assists, three steals, a block. I mean, his imprint, his his footprints slash imprints were everywhere on the court today. And it really was a performance for the ages. I mean, we're looking at, uh, you know, when you start thinking about the great power forwards in school history, you think of your Derek Williams. You think of, you know, even going uh, uh, before – you know, um, your Bob Elliott's guys like that. Azulis Tabellis is going to be leaving his footprint right in there amongst the great, uh, you know, amongst the great U of A big men right here. And this really, I mean, if you wanted to look at it, and yeah, we're good on that. Thank you again, Leah. Um, I always thought that Azulis Tabellis' highlight performance for his career was when he was a freshman going against the Mobley brothers at USC, and he dropped 31 points, eight rebounds. Keep in mind, Evan Mobley is uh, one of the best young bigs in the entire uh, NBA, his brothers in the NBA as well. But this was really something, you know, this might be his hallmark game right here, John Schuster. Well, it's kind of hard to argue that. Uh, and, and if there are other games that fall under that category, then Arizona's in really good shape. That's a nice conversation to have because the Cats are doing a lot of things well. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was a phenomenal Arizona performance. And it's one of those things that because he got to 40 is going to be rightfully remembered for a long time, too. Had this been a 39-point game, as ridiculous as that sounds, we remember it now and maybe a week from now, but I don't remember if we remember it 10 years from now. Yeah. Uh, this is the type of performance that lingers uh, for good reason for a while. And it's uh, nice to see a guy in Tabellus who last year late in the season ran into some struggles and didn't have a particularly good tournament. And a lot of the question in the off season was, was he going to be physical enough uh, to perform well upon his return? Uh, that's something we've talked about a number of times on this broadcast. And I think for the most part, that's been pretty much, uh, you know, removed from the equation. Uh, Tabellus has been Arizona's most consistent player this season, and he was able to have a marquee performance in the process. So this is, you know, we are lucky. We are fortunate to be able to see good players do good things. And Tabellus had a pinnacle moment tonight. Yeah, I think it really makes it hard to say and argue that there's a more consistent player in college basketball at this point this year that's not named Azulis Tubelis, right? I think, like Schuster said, 40 is a perfect number. It's a round number. It's a number we're going to remember. And to be fair, you know, the knock on him, like you said, right, it was how do you match up against somebody like Dante? How do you stay in front of your guy? That has been the lingering questions with this team going all the way back to guard play, even in the front court, right? While Tubelis is that steady piece and, and so is Balo, the question always came up as to how are they going to match up with an athletic big like Dante. And another point to make, too, is when you look at Tubelis's past performances, and Washington is a perfect example last week. I mean, I think he had I think close to 20 and 10, if not 20 and 10. 
it always just seems so easy. And it's it shows you tonight that Tubelas is capable of monster performances like this. So at times it may seem like, you know, 15 and 20 is kind of invisible on the court. Not really in the grand scheme of things, but it feels like that there's more to be had out there. And um, you certainly filled up the plate tonight if there was more to be had. If you're well, Mike and Ben, I think from a from an individual standpoint, what becomes interesting tonight, perhaps uh, moving beyond the next conversation, is that while you know he was on the wooden watch list and maybe was a fringe All-American first teamer, you can make the argument from a national scale that he's moved himself into the conversation to be player uh, a dark horse for player of the year, yeah. which was not in the conversation before this game. So right. when, when, when you have performances like that, that gets noticed on not, ju not just a great night for McHale and a great night for Arizona basketball scale, but it gets noticed on a national capacity as well. And so I would not be surprised as a result if Tabellus gets a heck of a lot more publicity and starts to be discussed in those conversations significantly more than he was up to that point. Yeah, well, and one thing, we're talking some uh, some hallowed ground right here, and I want to get into that in just a second here. But first, as always, got to pay the bills right here. Lee, I'm going to go a little out of order here. I do apologize right here. But I want to tell you about Mountain Mike's Pizza. Now, you might say to yourself, Mike, are you Mountain Mike? I am not Mountain Mike. But Oracle and Wetmore, check it out. Great pizza. John Schuster is gone there, and he has had the cup to prove it as well. Ben White informed us that there's a Mountain Mike's in California as well. And ben White so again, has gone there as well. Come on now. Let's not shortchange. All right. Ben, ben White, White has gone to Mountain Mike's. Ben White likes it so much he refers to it as in third person. I only refer to it as in first person. But, um, again, check it out, Mountain Mike's Pizza and Tap and Bottle. Next Tap and Bottle watch party is February 11th. We'd love to see you up there. Um, we're going to have uh, – we might have some Mountain Mike's Pizza. Might have some uh, some cold beverages as well. Downtown, Scott and Rebecca do a great job. Come and yell at the screen with us and root on the U of A and back the A in the process. All right. Now, we're talking about, you know, first-team All-American status right here. And this uh, – and I was thinking about this uh, a couple days ago. In the long and long history of Arizona basketball, there's only been six consensus first-team AP All-Americans. John Schuster, can you name them? No. I'm sure you can. I, I probably could, but I'll, I'll let you or Ben take that instead. Okay, fine. Um, Sean Elliott, Damon Stoudemire, Mike Bibby, Miles Simon – and Jason Terry and DeAndre Ayton. That's it. So this is kind of hallowed ground that we're talking about right now. And I agree with what Ben said and Yushu as well that yes, he's a uh, he's a guy that's in a you know certainly in that first team All American status, but he's also now become kind of a wild card for the National Player of the Year. And that's one thing that Arizona only has one of as well. So this is something that we shouldn't be taking for granted. What we're watching right here. Oh, uh, that's absolutely the case. And it's uh, one of those things where it also helps that he's been so consistent up to that point. You know, but he was he he was always nationally an outlier, uh, which, you know, there, there, there are other players who have gotten a lot more attention, who are doing remarkable jobs this year on programs who, you know, are doing very well uh, and have a little bit more of a track record coming in. So when that's the case and you're kind of trying to work your way up the ladder, 
uh, you know, it takes a lot of work ultimately to get there. And I don't mean the ladder behind uh, Mike, Mike Luke there, right next to the back the AA, uh, which is across from the TV and the actual back the AA. Uh, and but what I saw tonight was an A performance uh, for Tabellus. And as a result of that, and as a result of him being a 20 and 10 guy throughout the course of the year, when you have an explosive performance like this, in addition to that, it's not just a singular spike. It's an indication that it has been a good, it was an, it, it was a superior performance in an excellent year. And that kind of combination can rightfully get you noticed. And Sean makes a great point here, Ben. Sorry to interrupt real quick. Um, he said, don't forget Bayless is 39 when he had uh, one game at Arizona. And that to me is kind of what's a little bit different is that Bayless had three uh, straight 30-point games. But with Bayless, it was always kind of one-on-one. It was, you know, drive to the basket, get fouled. There was just something really fluid that we watched tonight, uh, Ben, where it just, like I said, if you didn't know what the commentators were saying, you're thinking, okay, he had a lot of points, but you didn't realize, at least to me, I didn't realize the extent until it just kept getting beat up in in my face. Yeah, I mean, Tubelis is one of those guys, too, with the way he plays. He kind of just disappears on the screen, and it's not a bad thing. It's it's He disappears in the sense that he's just so efficient, and I think you saw that tonight, and, and the key for me, really, and the key, I think, for everybody nationally looking at this Arizona fans is when you look at what he put up tonight, it's up from a matchup standpoint, it doesn't get any better. I mean, this is one of the big best bigs in college basketball. Yeah, I get that's a little bit of a stretch, but definitely one of the best bigs in the Pac-12 and Dante. But this was the big game everybody was waiting for. We know that Oregon has definitely had the upper hand with Arizona the last few years. I believe they've won the last four out of six matchups. So this was not going to be an easy game for Arizona. We all thought it was going to be a close game. And the fact that they were able to pull away by as much as they did single-handedly by Tubelis, you know, it creates a lot of things. It creates the conversation for player of the year. Obviously, conference player of the year is is far and squared away, but it also creates the conversation of we've talked about, you know, situations with this offense throughout the year where maybe things get a little bit more stagnant. Sometimes this team's not as consistent in the second half. But when you see a performance like this at a one sole player in an Arizona team that we're watching right now, you know, there's that level of danger to say, oh, shoot, we could get to a big-time game. We could get to the NCAA tournament. And I'm not saying Tubelis is going to score 40 again or anytime soon, but I'm also not saying that couldn't happen. So you get right. to the tournament. You get to these more important games as the season goes on, and there's just that level of danger that I think we haven't seen before. I mean, Arizona beat the snot out of a really good Oregon team that they don't match up particularly well with. Let's just say it like it is. Right. No, exactly. Because think about it when uh, Arizona played them in Eugene. The first thing that I came away thinking was, man, they're tall and they're long, and that's going to be a tough game you know, for Arizona in McHale. And quite frankly, this was a game that was about 15 to 20 points pretty much the whole way. I want to talk to you a little bit about the lineup change that Tommy Lloyd made about five, six games ago, where he put, you know, where he brings Cedric Henderson into the starting lineup and put Pella Larson off. This team since then has played very, very well, pretty much across the board. Everybody's kind of falling into their little role right there. And, you know, just look at Courtney Ramey. Courtney Ramey is, you know, he had some really big shots in this game, played some pretty good defense on Will Richardson. With Kerr, we already obviously know who Kerr is. and But with Pella, with Pella Larson coming in, he just looks more comfortable in the role that, in that role coming off the bench. Yes, you're playing starters minutes, but shoot, he just looks like, you know, this is just where the comfort level and the team, I think, is kind of feeding off that. 
Which is great. And, and, right. and I don't know if there's an easy explanation for it, but it's working. So stick with it. Uh, we've rightfully talked about Tabella's remarkable performance tonight. Arizona played seven people this evening and all seven played well. And if you can get that kind of performance in your rotation, you're going to be very difficult to deal with. Let's keep in mind that Tabellus is not a Shaquille O'Neal type inside player or an eight and inside player who can get anywhere he wants on the floor and make a variety of different shots and right. just dunk over people. Sure. Arizona's ball movement was critical in finding Tabellus in good spots and allowing him to get and, and allowing him to get good looks. And in the last two weeks or uh, two or three games, I'd say Arizona's ball movement which was stagnant in the half court, I think, for, for a lot of the portion, certainly of the Pac-X season. And maybe, yeah, let's just keep it at that. That's, that's where it seemed like a lot of the people on the perimeter were kind of falling in love with push it inside and just watch basketball and see what happens. Arizona in the last couple of games has moved the ball brilliantly and a lot more effectively. And, and when you rotate and utilize a lot of the court and cut without the ball, it gives – guys an opportunity to make easier shots and get into better position. And Tabellus was routinely the benefactor of that. The other thing to perhaps bring up, and it gets undervalued, I think, the Kerr Tabellus two-man game yes, is better yes. than we give it credit. Yes. They 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 have a superb understanding of where the other is going to be and how they function off of each other. Kerr, for all of his borderline flop frustrations is he overacting is he trying to get uh, a, a late oscar by virtue of the way he plays by the way that he gets under everybody's skin i think he irritates refs he clearly irritates everybody else in the conference uh he is an annoying player i enjoy him but he's an annoying player when when we look at him from an annoying standpoint we kind of forget that he's also kind of good Right. A lot of the times. And we talk about, well, he's not that physical. He's a little undersized. He's going to get beat up by guys. On All of those things are true. But you know what? He had seven assists and leads a conference in assists this year. Yeah. And he and Tabellus, that two-man game is great. Another thing that I think has been a positive factor is that in the early stages of the Pac-X season, Arizona <laughs> never cut without the – just stopped cutting without the ball. Right. There, there, there was a lot of, again – Force it on the inside and see what Tabellus and Ballo can do. And, and, and there was a little bit of a stagnation on the perimeter. Now what I've seen a lot more is with Larson working very hard to get into spots on the floor, including the middle of the floor, which really does a lot to open up Arizona's offense. Tabellus was the benefactor and played an excellent game, but there were a lot of other reasons as to why that happened. And Arizona for a second consecutive game in a matchup as Ben noted against an opponent that we talked about they do not match up well against, put a 90 spot up again. Uh, and, and, and if the Cats start doing this with that kind of offensive flow, they're going to be a problem for a lot of people. All right, let's talk about the four peaks. It was referenced that Julius Tabellus plays like the tallest of the peaks, which he does, but he is not the tallest of the peaks. The original peaks, though, the Four Peaks Brewery, the official brew of PHNX Sports. Now, let's say you live up in Phoenix, and but you want to go and root against ASU. That's where you go to the Tempe location, root against him, 
Or you say to yourself, you know what, Mike? I don't want anything to do with Phoenix. That's where you come to the Tap and Bottle Watch Parties, and you can get your four peaks there as well. Check out the show notes and the link in the description, 21 and up, Arizona only, and OGs. Let's say to yourself, you know what? I have a hard time sleeping right now. Um, And you know what will help you with that? OGs. You can get that at any dispensary. Again, Indica's, Sativa's, you name it, the flavors, they've got it. Check it out. OGs, they can get it at your local dispensary. Again, 21 and up. Um, and check out the show notes and the link in the description. And if you like us, join or uh, buy your stuff through the links in the description. All right, I want to stick on what you guys were just talking about there. And uh, Ben, I think uh, Shu makes a great point, as he many times does. You just look at this, uh, the synergy between Tabellus and Creesa. And, and it's not just Tabellus catching the ball where uh, Crease is throwing it. Where Crease is open on the wing, a lot of times there's that quick skip pass. You can just tell that these two have an idea of where they are pretty much every time on the court. They do. And I think when you watch somebody like Crease, you know, I think people a little are a little bit hard-pressed or quick to jump the gun and look at what he did last year. I think he was a completely different player last year. I think the what you just broke down and what you just described there is what frustrated a lot of fans last year. I think this season he's completely evolved in the sense that his job on the court is to distribute the ball and get it to those bigs in the most efficient way possible. It's not, you know, let's just get the ball inside and see what see what happens. You know, it's let's create some passing lanes. Let's let's set up some interesting things, right? Let's be a little bit creative with the ball. And he's a guy, you know, regardless of what you want to say, whether it's his actions, whether it's his shooting inconsistencies that I think a lot of people get frustrated with, he is going to bring you four to seven, if not eight, if not nine assists per game. And as long as you have that, and as long as he's a threat enough offensively, which he is, as we saw last week against Washington, Arizona's going to be in a better spot. And that's the difference, right? Because you look at Arizona's point guard play, and Mike, you've brought this up so many times. You look at Arizona's point guard play the last 10 years, what has that guard been lacking? A shot, a threat offensively. Teams don't take them seriously. Tubelis does enough to scare teams from a shooting perspective to allow him to go out there and distribute the ball and make things happen for Tubelis and Balo in the inside. So it's a perfect combination. It's a perfect guard for what Tommy Lloyd, I think, is looking to do with his point guard. I think Raymond Holgan makes a great point. They should also add an irritating stat. Where it just because I think that's I think that's spot on right there. What Creesa does is, and again, sometimes he's going to be on the other end of that. I mean, uh, uh, and Folly Dante talked about in their first game at Oregon that he wanted to dunk on him and he wanted to punish him because he talks a lot. But the, the thing that I've got to give, um, uh, the thing that I've uh, um, that I've really got to give in Folly Dante or excuse me, Kirk Creesa is it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter what he is. Um, you know, what happens to him, he's going to come back and he hasn't changed since he's been there. He's essentially been that his same exact dude. And I think that's to his credit because a lot of people wouldn't be able to put themselves out there in that manner. And he does. And, and he doesn't care. And one of the things about Crease's uh, attitude, take it for good or for bad, depending on how you want to view that and what your preferences ultimately are. Crease has no long-term memory. It is it, the ne- it's all about the next play, whether it was good or whether it was bad. Crease is going to do something again, you know, very Crease esque. And for Arizona this year, more often than not, that's been a pretty good thing. I think uh, if you look at two complementary players here on the Arizona roster, Crease and Larson, a lot of that is different in attitude. 
Larson, I think, has largely struggled, certainly when we were talking about, rightfully, his his issues, certainly on the offensive end. Uh, with looking like he thinks about what he did too much and can't get over the mistake he made, and as a result, compounds something that there's nothing you can do to fix it. So I think a lot of folks like the idea of Larson being a little bit more like Creasa, and that seems to have happened. You know, that, that, that Larson has done a much better job feeling more confident, whether it's in this role, whether it's because he was better. It's certainly hard to argue the coincidence. Whether it's a coincidence or not, clearly Larson is better and clearly Arizona is better as a result of him coming off the bench, even though he plays 30 minutes a game. And he's in pivotal moments later in the matchup. So it, hopefully, in a weird way, Crease's confidence is finally wearing on wearing onto uh, Larson a little bit, which I think plays a role into making Larson a little bit better player. Another thing that I that surprises me a little bit, and I'll admit I didn't see this coming, is because Arizona has gone to a seven-man rotation. They play. Uh, we have talked constantly, rightfully about how Arizona's advantage on the offense is that it has two big guys who can score. But Arizona's now playing a good portion of the game with one big on the floor. Right. And they're playing successfully with a lineup that's a lot more traditional by virtue of what you see in college basketball, as opposed to being the too big outlier that makes them really intriguing come tournament time. Yeah, honestly, that's what that's really kind of taken me aback because I thought throughout the year we were going to talk about how Arizona was going to have the two peaks in there at all time, not four peaks, but two peaks, and that you would have at all times, whether that was Vasar, to a lesser extent, Dylan Anderson, and they've really shrunk this thing down, Ben, to where you've got a seven-man rotation right now, and like Shu said, you've got a lot of players right now who are playing off of either Tabellus or Ballo who are in there. And a lot of times only one of them's on the court. And it's exactly the time of year where you want to be in that situation, right? What did we talk about in back in November and December when it came to the guard play and the questions is to how is Lloyd going to tighten up this lineup? You know, we're throwing eight, nine, 10 guys out there in weird spots. You know, maybe we, maybe these guards aren't quite as good as we thought, but by tankering what they've done here and, and tweaking what they've been able to do the last month or so, I mean, Arizona had, let's not, let's not just make light of Tubelis' uh, performance tonight, but Arizona had four guys in double figures. Tonight. Right. I mean, that's not something you were consistently seeing at all earlier in the season. So rightfully so when there's guys taking pressure off the Creesa and these other guards, Things are going to happen. It can't just be Tubelis and Balo. Granted, Tubelis had 40 tonight, obviously, and that's the highlight of the night, and it's all well and good. But for this team to dominate and this team to get in front of guys against long athleticism like they did tonight and win come tournament time, you're going to have to have a well-balanced offensive output. And that's what they have. They have seven legitimate guys that they can throw out on there at all times and get, and for the most part, you know what you're going to get. You're right. going to get consistent play. Henderson is somebody who can come in and be a, a contributor both offensively and defensively. Ramey, I think it doesn't necessarily show in the the scoring box, but I think Ramey, out of all the guards over the last three weeks, I think has been by far the most consistent for when he kind of has his spots to go in there and be that three and D guy and and get into passing lanes, force some turnovers, make some shots. It's a really well balanced team. And the question becomes is obviously how do you build off of this? 
And then how do you keep that balance? And hopefully, unlike last year, these guys stay healthy and come tournament time, this team makes some real damage. That's what you're looking for. All right. As you, uh, as you list to Bellis, another thing that's fascinating about, and we're going to talk about this in a second, along with would he come back or not, which I don't know, but he would be the first player to lead the, uh, lead the Pac-12 in scoring, Pac-10, Pac-12, as an Arizona player since, Shoot, this is going to stun you. I'm, Jason I'm, Terry. I'm, huh. I found that I, I was I was blown away by that. That that one just baffled me. You had to go back to 98-99 on that one. Not Derek Williams, not Aiden. Yeah. It's, the Williams and Aiton would have been the two that you thought, yeah. really, that didn't happen. That's interesting. Exactly. All right. Hmm. But now it's time for our DraftKings pick of the week. All right. So you might say to yourself, Mike, I don't think you guys, I don't think you know anything about uh anything. That's why you go against what I'm going to tell you right here. Or you might say to yourself, eh, maybe Mike does know a little bit. You don't even have to say that to yourself. You can just say that openly. Yeah, I will say it openly. Here's the deal. DraftKings Sportsbook app, again, you can put down 5 bucks and you get $200 in free plays. Again, it's that simple, that easy, uh, 21 and up, Arizona only, as you all know. But again, the time for the pick of the week. Whatever the spread is against Oregon State, Oregon State stinks. I am picking Arizona to cover that spread on the DraftKings for my DraftKings pick of the week. What would you guys like to go with? I will take the Hornets and Pistons tomorrow, and I will take the under in that game of 240. Like How about it. that? That's right. good. Schuster, what do you think about the Pistons? That's that's pretty good. You know I love me some Detroit. Uh one of the I actually have a Detroit Pistons pennant from something like 1978. I have everything from 1978. Uh, they played yeah, baseball uh, back then? Uh but that got you know what? Isn't that the what? pennant, like the like the National League pennant? Basketball teams make pennants too. So I have a pennant for the Detroit Pistons. Perhaps I will hang it in the background because you love Detroit so you You love that you think I love Detroit so much. So maybe I will showcase my Detroit love by hanging a four-decade-old pennant uh, in the background if I can find enough uh, old tape back here to be able to tr- figure out how to Hold it up. That'll be exciting and certainly bring in huge uh, uh, fan numbers. Uh, I think ASU is going to cover against Oregon. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I don't even know what the line is. I think ASU is going to beat Oregon over the week. That's something our good friend Shane Diefenbach would like to hear. Shane back. Or maybe uh, not. <laughs> maybe not based on my track record. Oh, but again, Shane's going to like that, though. So, again, we'll have to make sure that Shane doesn't hear what you just put right there because <laughs> you're back in ASU. That's probably um, a good approach. Okay, he said, uh, BTH says, Mike, I put a 40-1 to bet on Zoo for National Player of the Year mid-game tonight and hit submit on the DraftKings and sent the bet to their manager for approval. True story, that was a first. BTH, you are obviously a leader of men. Very smart person right there. Hopefully he used code word PHNX. But you got to use code word PHNX. Don't forget about that. All the way, and uh, by the way, Damon right here says, love the pick, Ben. True degeneracy. I like it. You know what? <laughs> Ben's young. Ben can get away with the stuff that other mere mortals can't. Um, but let's talk about a little bit about Azulis Tabellis. This to me is a fascinating case because when you look at him, you don't find him on a lot of NBA boards. And again, this is kind of a new age NBA, obviously, where you don't have your traditional big men. 
and he's not a great uber athlete in the days of nil where players can get paid to come back i mean heck oscar shibway who's not a great nba player for kentucky came back and got two million bucks granted arizona is in kentucky i wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility that he comes back i think it's a fascinating uh, possibility there fellas I think one of the interesting things here, and I was having a conversation uh, when I was engaged in activities of Schuber uh, over the uh, course of uh, a late night around the U of A campus, and I've picked up Schuber. That's good. Yeah, uh, some some uh, a few folks who watch slash listen to the broadcast, and uh, picked up one of them over the weekend, uh, and, and and we got into a, a, an interesting conversation about what we thought next year's team might be and would they go and wouldn't they and and it's perhaps interesting in if you looked at Arizona last year there was a guy on the roster who was clearly going to leave after the end of the year who was going to be a lottery pick in some capacity and so all the folks out there who would say you know the fans who say well you know Matherin could really get a more consistent shot from the outside if he just came back another year and cut. Stop. 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 You know he's not coming back. Okay. And then, you know, as the season progressed, you can see some qualities that NBA teams like with the length of Coloco and the length of Terry as well. Uh, So I don't think it was a surprise that any of those guys ultimately left. But if you look at this roster, just from a, a professional but slash NBA standpoint, I think Tabellus is always going to have the same issue that Drew Timmy has at Gonzaga. He's undersized. He's a, a, a stupendous college player who continues to get better and does remarkable things at that level. But is it going to translate effectively to the next level? I don't know. I, I think, Mike, you've mentioned on a number of occasions, maybe it was Brad as well, if he develops an outside shot, it helps. Uh, but, however... He's a guy who you could make a favorable argument for benefiting from returning. You can also make a favorable argument in that regard for Ballo. You can make a favorable argument for that on everybody on this roster, which for a top five team is a unique place to be. Now, are all of them going to return? Who knows? But you can at least present a strong debate in regards to the reason that players like that could return. And, 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 and it is an interesting, you know, it's an interesting situation. And you're right about the NIL aspect. Let's not pretend, you know, we act like Kentucky's got a bunch of deep pockets. Take this for what it's worth. And, you know, I don't know what the rules are. I don't know if the NCAA knows what the rules are. I don't know what falls under what category or how you get what to wear. So I wouldn't want to dream in this conversation. Of By the way, that's a tease because we have Dave Kiki on tomorrow at 1030. Oh, I will ask him those questions. It, it, it would be fair to suggest what is on the up and up and what is evil and bad and shameful at the college basketball level, college sports level now. But. Arizona boosters have seriously deep pockets. And there are a lot more boosters who went to this program who are a lot more well-off than people think. And it's an under-the-radar nugget that maybe for the better gets no attention whatsoever. We think of the SEC and Alabama guys and LSU guys and in Florida, those schools throwing money all over the place, SC throwing money like crazy. Stanford's probably got a bunch of money that can do the same thing. Arizona stacks up favorably from a deep pocket booster standpoint. So if there was a way to get NIL money to 
Arizona players that might sway their interpretation of what to do a little bit. Uh, do not fear. Uh, the money is potentially there. How it gets to individuals is another entirety as well. And maybe Dave Hickey can go into the specifics of what is allegedly okay and what is allegedly not okay. Uh, but uh, don't worry that Arizona can't afford it or have the personnel who can afford it. Okay, I've got a, uh, I've got a little bit of a story. John Schuster running reconnaissance around Tucson right now about Arizona basketball that I think a lot of people would want to know about. But first, Roman, a new sponsor here on the AZ Wildcats post game show. All right, here's the deal. You can go to, uh, you can go to https backslash ro dot co backslash phnx today, and you can get twenty percent off. 20% off your entire first order. Order by February 8th and guarantee everything in time for Valentine's Day. All right, we're not back in the 1940s right now where if everything isn't working for you, well, you know, that's tough. Go find another hobby. Roman does it for you. Or get it? Roman does it for you. Roman helps you out <laughs> in those aspects. So check out the show notes and the link in the description. Ben White is all over Roman right now. He's very interested in it. As are many young people. It's, right, it's, writing down the website right now. <laughs> it's sweeping the nation right now. So again, check it out. Roman, we're glad to have you on there. Check out the show notes and the link in the description. And again, I got to get the proper read in. DraftKings Sportsbook app, Cobra PHNX. All right. You might say to yourself, Mike, I'm tired of hearing about this. No, you're not tired about hearing about it because that means that you haven't been making money because you haven't gone on. Here's what you got to do. You put in five bucks. And you can get up to $200 in free plays, new customer, 21 and up, Arizona only. Now, listen, I know nothing about hockey, but go to, and again, hockey is, uh, is hockey even going on right now? Did you just say, is hockey even going on right now? The answer, Mike Luke, is yes. Our producer okay. is going to right end now. this whole thing right so, now. That's where, that's where you can go and you can say, listen, Mike Luke's an idiot. That's where you have Leah, Petey, and Craig Morgan, the Craig Morgan, on there on PHNX Coyotes, they can lead you in the right direction as far as uh, picking hockey or NBA, whatever you want. We've got it here at PHNX. Check it out. Um, sorry, Leah. Again, I hope that was a good shout out for all of you guys right there. Check it out. Um, I, I, uh, believe- I drove a couple Seattle Kraken fans around uh, the other night. And, What's uh, Kraken? They- uh, yes, that. And uh, they've probably never heard that before either. And uh, they were convincing or working very hard to convince me that the Kraken are a legitimate deal in the Western Conference. The Western Con. Now, I, I know this is hockey talk on uh, the Arizona broadcast. The Western Conference is wide open. In the East, you're looking at uh, some variation of Boston and the Hurricanes, probably. But in the West, there are probably six teams you can make a favorable conversation that could advance to the Stanley Cup Finals. Boom. All right. There you go. All right. Hockey, now, by the way, Mike Luke, is still going on. All right. Hockey is still going on. Yes, there we go. But I want to tell you about something. We always hear at the AZ Wildcats podcast, we have, we have boots on the ground. Now, a lot of people might say to yourself, Mike, what does that mean? Well, thanks for asking. Shemek Karnowski, the newest graduate assistant at the University of Arizona. Big man, he's working with the Four Peaks on a daily basis. I've seen him at practice. This man lives right by John Schuster. Now, you might ask, where does John Schuster live? I will not tell you that, but... Karnowski is there. 
Schuster's keeping an eye on him, making sure that he's working with the peaks and making sure that he's getting them better. Just wanted to put that out there. By the way, Tyler Leo, back in the A on more furniture while eating Mountain Mike's pizza and <laughs> sipping Four Peaks brew that you paid for with code word PHNX after winning your bet because you were in good health thanks to Roman. That's the that, read of the that's the read of the night right there. Get them on the sales staff. What are we doing? What you ought to probably do is just cut and paste that right now and just replay it at the bottom of the screen on it yes. on, on every show and you're set and good to go. All right. Thank you, uh, thank, all right. Uh, Shu, thank you for repping hockey. Watch out for Jason Robertson. That is the, that is the most generic name ever, and it sounds like a hockey player. It's a very Jason. unusual hockey name to some degree. Uh, I don't know if he's Jakey or Shortsy or Robertson Z or uh, whatever the case is, Z, 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 but most hockey players uh, like to be Zs. All right. You know, here we go. Before we sign off here, Arizona's got Oregon State coming up. John Schuster thinks that uh, – um, actually, I don't know what you said. I expect Arizona to smash Oregon State. Um, you're looking at it right now. You've got the number one uh, seed possibly locked up right now. Jason Robertson on the Stars, if anybody is uh, concerned about that. The Stars are still playing, by the way, at least what my sources are saying. Uh, but what do you correct, re- and they're in Dallas. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, Arizona has done on a consistent, e- even when they struggled in that in that stretch about two or three weeks ago, Occasionally, they'd get a team in that group that just didn't match up with them particularly well. And when a team doesn't match up with Arizona and Oregon State does not, the opposition is usually in deep trouble. It perhaps gets significantly worse if Arizona's playing well as it has been the last couple games. Uh, So I think it's going to be a very difficult road for Oregon State to have any success here. And like you, Mike and Ben, I expect the Cats to win pretty convincingly. Do you expect Oregon State to be tinkling during this game or no? Only if they're using the right kind of Roman. Wayne Tinkle. Yeah, that'd be a great post-presser question for Wayne Tinkle. When they ben, Benjamin White, what do you say? You're well, younger than us, Ben. No, what do you, you know, think? It, it's got to be really frustrating for um, uh, for Mike Luke there because uh, because in the Oregon Oregon State matchup, that would be the type of question that Mike Luke would ask. He yes. would ask if Wayne was tinkling and whether Drew Altman was an excretion. I'm still waiting for Mike Drew Luke Altman. to go. To- I'm still waiting for Mike Luke to go to one of these uh, Oregon home games and ask Altman that question about that. (laughs) I'm not sure who Drew must be his new real name. Uh, That was a good joke. It was a terrible joke. But had I not botched the first name, you would have gotten the point of that and should have gotten the point of it anyway. All right. Well, real quick, I will tell that uh, I did go up to Dana Altman. And long story short, by the way, Bill Walton got it wrong. He said that uh, Dana Altman is from Wilbur, Nebraska. He is wrong. Oh, he I did hear born... that. Yes. Did wrong, you hear wrong. that? Wrong. That wrong. was blasphemy. He was born in Crete, Nebraska. There's no hospital in Wilbur. I know. I've been there. But here's the joke real quick. Somebody might say to you, say to you all right, Dana Altman, my family, from the same city, Crete, Nebraska. What do you call somebody that moves out of Crete, Nebraska? Leah, this is very good. You should hold on to this joke. An excretion. Get it? You moved out? Excretion? Leah, run as far away from that joke as you possibly can. It's good. The kids like it. Trust me. If you went down to a tap and bottle, I'll tell you that joke February 11th. But as always, 
everybody out there, you are fantastic. Um, thanks for putting up with my nonsense. Um, by the way, Lil uh, Dish LVR says, is Wayne Tinkle a client of Roman? We'll see. John, <laughs> John Schuster's the guy that's keeping an eye on everything going on in the Pac-12 community, first with Karnowski. Now we'll see if he can do it with uh, Wayne Tinkle as well. Big but, responsibilities for John Schuster right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody out there, though, really thank you. We got up to 150 lives. You guys are absolutely fantastic. You're much smarter than me. You're probably on par with Schuster and Ben White, which brings up the level right here. But as always, thank you a ton. Leah behind the scenes, making us look better than we should. Appreciate you. Be back tomorrow. This is called a tease. The great Dave Hickey coming on at 1030. Uh, tweet at me if you want some questions. And if they're appropriate, I might ask. All right. Um, we'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats post game.